Before we start our sermon today, uh, will you just do me a favor and join me again in expressing appreciation to our kids, to Suzanne, Raleen, Diana, Chris, everybody that had a part in that. It's a lot, a lot of work, no matter if you do it live or you do it on a video, and, and uh, it's a, it was a special day, so I appreciate all, of the, all the work that went into that. It's always a blessing to hear our kids tell the story of Jesus, and I, I, I think I may say this every year, but it's always worth repeating, I think, that our, our hope is, our prayer is that that story will plant itself in the hearts of our kids, amen, and that it will begin the journey of a lifelong relationship with Jesus, and so... Uh, it's a, an encouragement to hear that story retold this year. With our remaining time this morning, I want to look at uh, a story in Luke chapter 2. If you want to be finding your Bible, you can look there. It'll also be on the screen. Today, we're, as we've said, in the final Sunday of Advent. And during this season of Advent, we've been looking at four songs that Luke records in Luke 1 and 2. And these songs uh, are the song of Mary, the song of Zechariah the song of the angel choir, and today's song, the song of Simeon. And so I'm going to start this morning uh, by reading Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. This is Simeon's song. This is what Luke records. This is Simeon's song. Luke says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, Joseph and Mary, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what, was the, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, or singing, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Are y'all hearing that? Okay. Forty days before this scene that we just read about in the temple, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the story that our kids just told us. Bethlehem is a small town. And about five miles north is the capital city of Jerusalem, as you picture this scene unfolding. According to Jewish law, Joseph and Mary had to take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem where they had to present him to the Lord. And there were several things that were required of Jewish families after a child was born, according to the Old Testament, and after specifically after the birth of a firstborn son in every family. They would be brought to the temple and would be dedicated to the Lord. This was essentially a baby dedication. So they arrive in Jerusalem. And in the city of Jerusalem, there was an old man, Luke tells us, named Simeon. 
Simeon was devout. He was righteous. Simeon lived his faith. Simeon wasn't just casually interested in God. Simeon's faith in God was at the very core of his being. And Luke tells us that Simeon was looking forward to something. Simeon was waiting for something. Specifically, he says he was waiting for Israel to be consoled or to be comforted. Israel had had a tough time. Their history is full of stories of time after time when other nations rule over them because they had been conquered by them. And at this point in the story, in Luke chapter 2, things were no different. Israel is under Roman occupation, and Simeon has been living his entire life aware of the Romans at every turn. And of course, the Jews know their story, right? They know that God had promised a Savior to come and rescue them, but it hadn't happened. And Simeon, now an old man, is wondering. He's waiting. And that's what he's waiting for, someone that will bring comfort, someone that will bring consolation to Israel by rescuing them from this horrible season that they've been living in under Roman occupation and before Romans, other nations. Someone that will bring help. Simeon is waiting for relief, really, waiting for help to come Israel's way. And so through the Holy Spirit, Luke says, God reveals to Simeon that he would not die before he sees the Messiah with his own eyes. So this day comes where Joseph and Mary arrive at the temple to dedicate Jesus. And Simeon is moved by the Spirit and he goes over to Mary and Joseph, and he asks Mary, may I? And Mary allows Simeon to take Jesus into his arms. So he does. He takes Jesus into his arms. This old man who's been waiting for the consolation of Israel, he not only sees Jesus, but he holds Jesus. He sees his salvation. He not only sees salvation, but Think about it this way, he holds salvation in his arms. He doesn't understand exactly how this baby will be salvation. He, like most people living in his day, believed that salvation would be of a political nature. Because Israel had been oppressed for so long, right? They thought that getting the right people in positions of power and influence was what they needed in order to be rescued, to be free from Roman occupation. And so he takes and holds Jesus in his, in his arms, not fully understanding exactly what's happening, but knowing that he's been promised that he will see this day. And he begins to sing this song. And I want to look again at the words of this song. This is what he says again. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. This is Simeon's Christmas song. Imagine, if you will, that you've lived your entire life waiting for something to happen, and then before you die, it actually happens. What would you do if it was you in this situation? Would you sing? Would you celebrate? Of course you would. That's what Simeon does too, right? To see Jesus is to see God's salvation. I want to say it this way. Jesus is what God has to say to the world about how much God loves you. Jesus is what God has to say, has to announce to the world about how much God loves you. What God wanted to communicate was that he loved you, and God did that by sending a person, a person that knows what it's like to be you and has experienced life in all the ways that you 
have experienced life. Jesus is God in the flesh that has come to earth to redeem us and save us. Not saving them in the way, not saving us in the way that we might have thought, but saving them and saving us in the way that we need. Saving, not saving them from other nations, but saving us from death. Jesus is God's salvation. He is what God has to say to the world about how much God loves you and me. And Simeon sings that his eyes have seen the salvation, and he, he uses this interesting line, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for Israel. He's referencing in that lyric of the song a passage from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, where Isaiah says in Isaiah 42, he says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes of the blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Simeon sings the words to his Christmas song, and when he does, he's singing that these words that Isaiah spoke long time before have finally come true. God's salvation is not just for him. God's salvation is for all people, for everyone. Jesus will be a light to the Gentiles because through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, Jesus, the light, has been provided for people like us who were living in darkness. And Jesus will be glory for Israel because Jesus came into the world through Israel. And because of that, all the eyes of the entire world have been drawn to Israel because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And now having seen Jesus and getting a glimpse of these things, Simeon is at peace. He says, you can dismiss your servant. I'm ready to die. And most people think that he did die not long after this moment. And in many ways, everything in Simeon's life pales in comparison to this moment where he has held salvation in his arms. As I was thinking about Simeon's song, it occurs to me that Simeon's life and that Simeon's song, I think, are a picture of Advent. You know, we've been for years now kind of living in this season, this rhythm of Advent during these four Sundays before Christmas. Advent, as you've heard me say before, simply means arrival. And in this season of Advent, we remember and we celebrate that Jesus arrived once as a baby and that he will arrive again someday, the second Advent when he returns. But in the meantime, it stands out to me about Simeon's life and his song that they are a picture of what Advent is about, and that is simply that Advent is about waiting. Advent is about, Advent is about waiting, but this is hard for us. I want you to be honest with yourself this morning and think about your life and how you think about waiting. Ad, Advent is about waiting, but it is hard for us to wait. Many of us are fixers, right? There's a problem we see the problem, and we set out to fix the problem. Wait? Why would I do that? Right? You think in your mind, there are so many wonderful solutions to this problem that I need to act out on. In Simeon's case, he was waiting for the Messiah. And he had been waiting for years, and yet, think about this, in the midst of his questions, in the midst of his waiting, possibly even in his, the midst of his doubts, wondering whether or not God will come through. He's lived a long time at this point. Something kept Simeon from giving up. 
He continued to believe that God would come through on God's promise. You know what we call this? We call it faith. Complete trust that God will come through. And Simeon is an example of what it looks like to wait faithfully for something and to trust God in the midst of your waiting. And this is why I think we need Simeon's Christmas song. And this is what Advent is about. And what I know is about you and me that like Simeon, there are times in our lives when we wait for something for so long. Some of us have waited for something for so long that we begin to wonder, we might even convince ourselves of the fact that it will, the thing we're waiting for will never happen. Will this situation ever change? Will I ever be able to forgive or to forget or to let go? Will I ever feel different in my struggle with depression or anxiety or grief? Will I ever be healed of this ailment or health challenge? Will this relationship ever improve? Will I ever be able to move forward? Will God ever show up? Will God ever hear my prayer? Will my eyes ever see salvation from fill in the blank? And the answer, church, that we learn from Simeon's story and his song is yes. The answer is yes. The reality of life is that there are some things that we cannot fix, and they are not ours to fix anyway, even if we could fix them. Sometimes, like Simeon, the only thing that you and I can do is wait. Sometimes waiting is the action that God wants from you and from me. Sometimes waiting is the action that God wants from you and me. He doesn't want us to do anything. And I know waiting is not really our thing, right? We live in a high-speed, high-tech, instantaneous age, and we're not very good at waiting, if we're honest. It feels too much like doing nothing. And we're the driven ones who take pride in being busy and always on the go. But the fact is that waiting for God to act only seems like waiting for God to act. Hear me again. Waiting for God to act only seems like waiting for God to act. Because God is always working. God is always acting. Because God is always loving the world and God is always giving birth to, to something. Some new thing that God is always doing. Many of us over the last 18 months have been waiting for the pandemic to end. And just when we think that it might end, it seems like it's not going to end. And so we're going to wait some more. But what if in the midst of these years that we've been living in, God is actually birthing something new that none of us could have ever imagined? What if in your life, the thing that you wish would go away, you're waiting to go away, is the thing that God wants to use to birth something new in you that could not have been born in you if that thing didn't exist or if it got resolved as quickly as you would like for it to get resolved what if God is always acting because God is always loving the world and giving birth to something and it may be that your primary role your primary job like Simeon is to faithfully continue to wait not trying to control things not trying to fix things trusting that God will come through 
drawing near to God and trusting that God will draw near to you. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to close this morning with really a, a, a blessing in many ways from Isaiah 40. This is what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 40. Hear these words. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. His, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, who wait on the Lord, some translations say, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Today, may we hear the truth of these words, that those who wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed to continue waiting. Notice Isaiah doesn't say that just because they wait, the solution will immediately come. What will come is strength from the Lord. And I imagine as Simeon held salvation in his hands, in his arms that day, he understood that as clearly as he had ever understood it before. And my prayer for us today is the same thing, that we'll understand that there are seasons of our life that are about waiting, and that that is the action that God wants us to take. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for this season that calls us and reminds us of the importance of waiting. We are people who like to do, we are people who like to go, we are people who like to fix and solve. And we pray that this morning that you will remind us that sometimes that isn't what we need to do. Sometimes what we need to do is to surrender control of the outcome. Sometimes what we need to do is to faithfully continue to wait. And we're thankful for stories and lives like Simeon, for songs like Simeon's that remind us that you will come through in the way that you've promised. We're thankful that we too have seen salvation, that Jesus is what you have to say. And because he came, our lives and our world are a different place. We pray through his name this morning. And the church said, amen. Let's sing this.